theyeshiva.net. There's a story told that there were three countries, the United States of America, United Kingdom, England, and Italy. And one time, the Rebishter called the three heads of these states, the Prime Minister or the President, and he said that he would like to have a meeting with them. So, of course, they all three went up to have a meeting with God. The country heard that their president, their prime minister, went up to God and everybody's standing and waiting to see what is going to happen when they come back. What's the message from God? So, finally, they come down. The one from the United States, and uh, they're sitting there at this meeting with God. And God says, Listen, guys, you better start shaping up. Because if within the next month you're not going to shape up, I'm going to take everybody and put them where they belong, as we say in Italian, a spalare il carbone, to, to shovel coals up there. <coughs> okay, so they come down here. The one from the United States tells all the people, everybody's standing there waiting to see what he's going to say. And he says, no, it was a private message. It doesn't concern all the people. Just wanted, God wanted you to know who's the, how important I am that he calls me to one of his meetings. Then the one from the United Kingdom, he comes to his people and he says, guys, God wants us to shape up, you know, because uh, things are not going the way they properly should be going. The Italian one comes and all the Italians, they want to know, so what did God say? He says, God told me, I hear that your people are constantly complaining to you that your unemployment rate is so high. Within one month, everybody's going to be employed. Nothing to worry about. This was his message of what the Rebishter said. He was trying to be very optimistic about the situation. Why are we saying this? Because Italy, which as you heard of it in the previous year, I'm very proud of being a proud Italian. My parents were sent on Schlichus over 50 years ago to to Italy. Italy has contributed a lot to the concept of Yiddishkeit. Unfortunately, in, the, in both sides, on the negative and the positive. On the negative, because this Golus today is called the Golus of Esav. The Golus of Edom, which as we're going to learn in next week's Parsha, and Parsha's told us, the Golus of Edom is Esav, Rome. The, la- the fourth and the last Golus. What is going to happen before Mashiach comes, as the Pasuk says, Then then God is going to be the king of the world. That we have to transform Esav. We have to take what Esav teaches and transform it to the correct. We are now within 30 days from the Yom Tov of Hanukkah, from the holiday of Hanukkah. There's a halach in Shulchan Aruch that 30 days before Yom Tov you have to start learning the halachas of the upcoming Yom Tov, the upcoming holiday. Now these halachas are regarding Shavuos, Sukkot, Pesach. There is no such halacha regarding Hanukkah. But being that normally we do prepare ourselves before that a Yom Tov, it would be proper that we start discussing the things that we do already to prepare for Hanukkah to do it in the correct way. And therefore, I would like to discuss something that Italy has contributed to the concept, but unfortunately the message is not correct. 
And what we're going to be discussing is the concept of the Menorah, the correct version of the Menorah. Why does the Menorah look the way it does? We all know that when we go to Italy, the Menorah in the Shar Titus, in the Arch of Titus, is round. In the last few decades, the Rebbe had requested, based on the Rambam, that the Menorah be with straight branches, etc. So this is what we are going to be discussing today, how this exactly works. We're going to go back to the sources and see what is the correct way. And then we will move over into Hanukkah and see how this comes into the Hanukkah and what is the correct way that a Hanukkah should look like. So, and another very interesting point that uh, not too long ago we had a very, very interesting event. When I'm saying we, it means our family and friends in Italy, marking the uh, 50 years of Lubavitch in Italy, etc. And my parents being sent there on Slichus. We went actually to the Shar Titus, to the Arch of Tita, and we had a very interesting event. If we will have the time later, we will maybe even show maybe a little bit of footage, if we'll be able to arrange that. And as you will see also in your curriculum, one or two vignettes from that event, which is a very, very interesting fact, which we will discuss later at the end of this year. But let's now go into the sources of this whole story of the Menorah, what really, how really exactly did the Menorah look? So go to your curriculum, and as you can see on the right hand side, you have a copy, a photostat, of the actual holy handwriting of the Rambam. The Rambam wrote several books. One book is called the Yada Chazaka, the Halachas, in the 14 books where he describes all the halachas of the Torah, all the laws in Torah. And he also wrote a Pirush HaMishnayas, a explanation to the Mishnah. This picture is taken from the Pirush HaMishnayas that came out only a few decades ago. There's Arov, his name is Arav Kapach, he brought it from Taman from Yemen, and this is an original manuscript of the Rambam, as you can see here in the picture. So there are two basic points that we will be discussing today. One is the fact that, as you can see, the branches are straight, which is something that throughout history we hardly ever saw. Most Menorahs, even by the big tzaddikim, they were round branches. And the second point is, if you look closely, you will see that there are these triangles here in this Menorah, and these triangles are cups. When the, the Rebishter told Moshe Rabbeinu, as we're going to be learning in the curriculum, to build a Menorah, he on each branch had to be three cups. And when we look at the cups, the way that Rambam made them, he made them upside down. So we are going to be discussing this concept also. So let's go now to the source. If you look at source number one, this is a Pasuk in Parshas Truma. In Parshas Truma, Perikafei Pasuk Lamed Aleph, when the Rebishter tells Moshe Rabbeinu that he wants him together with the Yidin, to build a sanctuary, a Mishkan, and he discussed with him all types of uh, furniture that has to be in the Mishkan. One of them, of course, is the Menorah. So God says as follows, source number one, Truma, Be'asisa Menorah's Zohav Tahir. You should make a Menorah of pure gold. And the Torah goes through a whole bunch of details, and finally Hashem says, Shloisha Gevi'im, there should be three cups, Mishukadim, decorated each one of the branches should have three cups in its branch besides for the three cups on top of it should be a button and a flower 
And then the next branch also, Ushloisha Gvim, three cups, Mishukadim, um, decorated, Bekane Haechad in one branch, Kafter Vaferach, and a button and a flower. So there are six branches. That's each one should have three cups, a button and a flower. Then, Uvamenoira, the center one, It'll have a four cups. Three on top, like everybody else, like the other branches. And then on the bottom, closer to the feet of the menorah, there should be another extra cup. Which makes it, obviously, a total of 22 cups. Six, uh, seven times three is 21, plus the one on the bottom, which makes it 22. This is the Pasuk in Pasha Truma. Go to source number two. That's the Gemara. The Gemara in Menachis. The Gemara says as follows. And the cups which were on the, in the Menachah. What do they look like? Were they regular cups? Says the Gemara. No. Kemin Koises Alexandrium. Like the cups that come from a city which is called Alexandria in Egypt. How do the cups of Egypt look like? Most people have not been to Egypt. So... We're going to have someone who did live in Egypt, and he's going to tell us what it is. Who is that? Of course, the Rambam. Look in your source number three. The Rambam says, in Hilchas Besabchira, Peri Gimel Halachates, in the laws of building the Besamikdash, the Rambam says as follows in the third chapter, Hagvim Doimim Lekaisas Alexandria. The cups, which are supposed to be in the Menorah, are they resemble the same cups as the ones they use in Alexandria. What does that mean? Shepihen Rochov, their opening on top is wide, Vishulayim Katsar, and the bottom is very thin, sort of like these cups here. You see the top is much wider than the bottom, and it goes down to a tip. Obviously it was without a bottom like this one, because otherwise it'll fall. But in the Menorah, this is exactly how it was, thick, uh, uh, wide on the top, and thin on the bottom. This is what the Rambam says very briefly in the Halacha, in the law. Source number four is what the Rambam explains on the Mishnah. In the Mishnah, in Menachas, which is that same Menachas that we had in source number two. So the Rambam explains as follows. Look in source number four, in Pirisha Mishnah Isla Rambam, in Menachas, Peri Gimel Mishnah Zayin, says the Rambam as follows. I feel it important to actually draw a picture of the Menorah exactly how it was. Uh, not exactly, but in a, a complete. Before I uh, make the picture, I would like to make it very clear. That we have received. We have received that the height of the Menorah was 18 Tfachim. Plus, there was a few other things, then kaftayrim, prachim, there were buttons and uh, flowers. I'm not bringing everything that Rambam says here, I'm just bringing what has to do with our case. Vehagovia and the cup, who ketavnis koisotum, is like a cup, which is closed, closed, full. Elo, shehashulayim shaloitzorim, the bottom is very thin. Then the Rambam continues, and I'm going to make a drawing of these cups, that they were like a triangle. The buttons, they were round. The flower, was a half a, half a, half a circle. Why am I doing this? This is just so we could make this clearer in the picture. 
Kiva she'ein hamatara betziur since the uh, ultimate goal, purpose of this picture is not not that you know exactly what it looks like. Why? Because I already explained that they look like a triangle. Right? So why did he make the picture? He explains the Rambam. What's the reason? Because I want you to know where, where in the Menorah exactly are these three cups, to the top, to the bottom, in the middle, etc. And this way you get a very general picture of what the Menorah looked like. This is what the Rambam says here in our Pirush HaMishnayis. So, when we look at the picture, there's a very, very obvious question. And the question is, why did the Rambam make the, when he was drawing the picture, he made the cups upside down? It makes absolutely no sense. And as we're going to see, the Rav Kapach, who actually gave out this Pirush HaMishnais, asks this question. Give a look at your source number five. Pirush Rav Kapach, he says, Zehu Tzilu Miksaviyad Rabbeinu. This is an actual drawing of the uh, from a handwriting of the uh, of the Rambam. In other words, the, this is what, what, what is printed is actually a photostat of the actual picture that the, that the uh, Rambam drew. And then he says, The Rav Kapach, when he used, uh, when he prepared the Spirit Shamishnayas, although he had the original of the Rambam, but he also had another few uh, manuscripts, and he says that the other ones also have it approximately the same way, like the Rambam, this way. Says Rav Kappah, This drawing is very strange. All the cups are upside down. They are wide on the bottom, and they come to a point on the top. The opposite of what he, what he himself wrote, what the Rambam wrote, that he quotes the Rambam here, that the cup is like a, a like a cup which is closed on the top, that the bottom is small. So he calls it the bottom. So why in the picture does he put the bottom on top? He should have said that the top is small and the bottom is wide. And the Gemara Menachis and Davchavches says, as we had it in our source number two, what does the Gemara say over there? What do the cups of the Menorah look like? Like the cups of Alexandria. And in Hilchas Beis Abchira, the Rambam writes, that we had just learned now in our source number three, what did the Rambam write over there? That the cups look like the cups that we use in Alexandria that the top is wide and their opening is wide and the bottom is thin so why did he, the Rambam make these cups upside down and look what he says therefore I think that the way the Rambam drew these cups this is a very uh, diplomatic, very uh, honorable expression when you want to say that someone very great seems like he erred in this, he made a mistake in this concept. So he says it seems like that there was a shgogo here, there was some mistake here. We have to uh, turn over all the cups. 
that they should be white on top and thin on the bottom. And not only this, but there's another few issues that he brings in the place where the cups were, etc. And therefore, on the next page in the Peter Shamishnah, the Rabbi Kapach made another, he himself made a picture and he put all the cups, regular, etc. And then he continues, When the Rambam, when he made his drawing, he wasn't uh, meticulous about it. As he says at the end, as we just read in source number 4 towards the end, That what was the purpose why he made this um, uh, drawing, the Rambam? Just to give a very general idea, but he didn't do it exactly. That's why I redrew the whole thing. And obviously you don't need to see a picture of it. Basically he took all the cups and he put them up regular. And also he put them in a different place on the uh, branch. Not exactly how the Rambam has it, etc. And, he, and a lot of people also say that they just couldn't understand why would the Rambam uh, turn that over. So the Rebbe asks on this a few questions. Number one, whoever learns Rambam, and people have been learning Rambam for hundreds of years. We know that the greatest geniuses pull out the deepest halachas from an extra letter in the Rambam. Or the way the Rambam expresses himself. Or the way he breaks up the halachas. Because the Rambam was unbelievably careful with every single detail. So the question is, it's true that Rambam writes that he didn't, write, didn't make the picture exactly. But first of all, to make a cup upside down, even a little child doesn't do that. You have to do that on purpose. Second of all, if, you wanted, if there was only one cup here, and you want to say that he made a mistake, it's one thing. He did it with 22 cups. You want to tell me that 22 times the Rambam wasn't careful with what he's doing? It can't be. It, it just doesn't hold it. It doesn't hold water. And therefore, there must be a reason why the Rambam did it this way. And as we're going to see soon. But let's see, there's another few Mefarshim commentaries who also explained that the cups were in the regular position. And you will see why. Look at source number 6, the Cheskuni. The Cheskuni is one of the big Mefarshim on the Taira. He was in France in, uh, the, between 12 and 1300, about seven, 800 years ago. And he says as follows, look at source number 6, on the Pasuk of the Gvi'eha, the cups of the Menorah in Pasha Truma. He says, They, All the cups are, are surrounding the stick, the branch. When the oil falls down, in the, from, from the Shem, you know, sometimes when you, when you put in oil in a certain vessel, then sometimes you do put in a little too much and it overflows. So he says, So then it'll go to the, so there's the next cup. From the second to the third. And from the third, it'll go to the one which is all the way on the bottom of the Menorah. Because then everybody, eventually everybody ends up over there. So there's a certain purpose to these cups. In other words, the cups are there to receive. So we see clearly that it seems like that the cup were in the regular position. And the Rabbam still made it upside down. Or, 
when we look in the in the source number seven, Rabbi Yosef Chayshir, he was also approximately at that time also one of the big big rabbanim in France, and he also um, wrote a pirush on the Taira, and he says almost the same words as the Chaskuni. What does he say? Look at source number seven. The cups were around the branch like a glove around it, and the branch went inside. What happens when the top one, the nade, the, can, the, 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 the part that, that has the wick in it, becomes too full? The, the oil will drip into the first cup. When the first one will get full, it'll go to the next one. From the second to the third. From the third to the fourth. Which is on the bottom. That the all come eventually end up on the bottom one. So we see here clearly that it's, there's basically two schools of thought here. Everybody's of the opinion seems to be that the cups were there to take the oil. Comes the Rambam and says, no, the cups were upside down. They weren't there to, to, to take in anything. And the question is, why? Where did the Rambam take this from? So, of course, either the Rambam received it by Kabbalah from a teacher, went from teacher to teacher to teacher till Moshe Rabbeinu, or he had a medrash or a Gemara that eventually did not come to us. But the fact that he didn't bring it in his Sefer Arambam, because in Sefer Arambam, for whatever reason, he decided only to bring it in Pirish Mishnais. But the mere fact that he made them upside down, definitely he had a very, very strong message here. And the question of Rambam becomes even stronger. Let's look at source number 8. There's a Gemara. The Gemara says in Sukkah, in Pedic Mem Hayes, um, Page 45. The Gemara says as follows. Chezkiah said in the name of Rabbi Yirmiya, in the name of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai. A very general rule by all mitzvahs. Call ha mitzvahs kulon. All the mitzvahs. Ein adam bohen A person, if he wants to do a mitzvah, he has to use it the way it grows. What does that mean? as we're going to see in a few minutes, we see when Hashem said to build the Mishkan, the sanctuary, He said that He wants He wants the wood, should be oimdim, they should be standing. What does it mean they should be standing? Says the Gemara, Tanya Nami Hachi, oimdim, we learned that the beams have to be standing, that they stand the way they grew. Explains Rashi, what does that mean? Look at source number nine. Rashi kala mitzvahs says Rashi karshe hamishkan like the beams of the mishkan veamudim and the pillars velulav vehados varova a lulav and a hados and arova that we use on sukkahs. We all have to use them. How derech gdilosan the way they grow. Continues Rashi. What does that mean? Hatachten lematta vehaelnin lemaila when a lulav grows. The, 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 the bottom part of the lulav is the closed part. The top one is which has all the branches. So when we make the bracha on the lulav, this is the way we have to hold it. And the same thing, the arabis and adasim, they all have to be the way they grow. I'm not going to go now into the esrig. It's another whole story about the esrig. But the bottom line is, the Gemara says very clearly, if it's something that grows, should be kederek dilosan. And it says, kol mitzvahs. All the mitzvahs have to be upright. So, and the Muneira, of course, also has to be upright. Comes the Rambam, and within the Muneira, though, he takes the cups and he makes them upside down. Why? Normally, things should be upright.
So therefore, we, there must be an unbelievable, beautiful message here from the upside-down cups. And we're going to make this very briefly. And the Rebbe explains it as follows. This is all taken from the Kutasichus, volume 21, in the Parsha of Truma. And the Rebbe explains it as follows. He brings a Gemara, which is, explains it beautifully. Look, and we're going to analyze now the whole concept of the Meneda. What is this whole Meneda? What is the purpose of the Meneda? What did the Rebbe still want when he said the Meneda? Look at source number 10. This is a Gemara, Menachas, Dafpei, Vav, Amit, Beis. Says the Gemara, says the Gemara, that it says in Apostolic, in Pashas Emir, the Rebbe still tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Tzav is B'nei Yisro, Command the Jews, They should take for you, for you, oil, which is very pure, clear, nice, crystal clear. Says the Rebbe says to Moshe, They should take for you. Says Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani, a lecha for you, for Moshe Rabbeinu, veloyli, not for me. The Rebbe just says, loylo erani tzarich. I don't need any light. If you need light, it's for the Jews, not for me. Okay. Then the Gemara continues over there. Shulchan betzafen umenayra bedarim. In the Mishkan, in the Beis Hamikdash, when you walk into the chamber, into the Kodesh, on the south side you had the um, the Shulchan betzafen. The Shulchan was on the north side, and the menayra bedarim. The menayra was on the uh, south side. The table over there with the chalas, I don't need it. It's not for me because I don't have to eat. And I don't need the light. Normally, if a person has a table and light, because you'll be able to see what's happening. So the light is either on the table, the candles are on the table, or right next to it. In the Beis Amikdash, it's not so. In the Beis Amikdash, they were far apart. Because God says, I don't need the light. The Gemara continues. It brings a Pasuk in Melachim, where it talks about how Shloim HaMelech built the Beis HaMikdash. The Pasuk says as follows, Vayas labayis matumim, That he made for the house, for the Beis HaMikdash, windows. And the windows were Shkufim Atumim. What is Shkufim Atumim? Explains the Gemara, Tana, Shkufim Mibifnim Ve'atumim Mibachutz. They were smaller on the inside, and wider on the outside. As um, as, the, as we will see soon in source 11 that Rashi explains that a normal window is smaller on the outside and wider on the inside so the light that comes in spreads into the room by the Besamikdash it was the opposite it was small on the inside and wide on the outside so the light from the Besamikdash goes to the outside but let's continue the Gemara over here Tana, the, the second line Tana, the, uh, the fourth line in source number 10 God says the reason why the light goes out because God doesn't need it. It's the world that needs it. Another passage brings the Gemara. Where should the Menorah be? On the outside of the curtain that divides between the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holiest of Holy, and the regular Holy. But over here it's called of witness, of testimony. What kind of testimony is this? Says the Gemara, This is a testimony, a witness for the whole world. This is an indication to the whole world. Where does the Shechina of the Ebeshter rest? By the Yidden, by the Jews. If you want to say that maybe God needs the light, how could you say God needs the light? 
به حالی کالر با امشان و شهالخو اسرال با میدبار لای حالخو الالا ایرای دا یدن ورین تر دزه فا فوری یرز God gave them the light not that we gave God light God gave to the Yudin the light so why would I even think that God needs this light therefore says the Gemara the Menorah is a indication to the world where is God? by the Yidin that is the whole purpose of the Menorah the light of the Menorah shines to the world and says one thing you want to know where God is? By the Jews in the Besamikdash. That's what the Menorah does. And the Gemara continues. My Edusa, what is the witness? Where do we see this in the Menorah? This goes on the Neira Maravi, the, um, the, the candle, the, the light that was towards west. That they gave in oil into it just like all the other ones. He used to start from it and finish from it. This last piece, basically, what happens is the, every night they used to relight the menorah. The next day, the Kohen Godel used to come to clean it and prepare it. So there were, there's a lot of opinions here exactly what happened. But in general, one of them, we're going to take one of the opinions, that one of them remained lit, although all the other ones already burnt out. This one remained lit until after all the ones all the other ones are clean, etc. And then you would light all the other ones from this one. This is very, in very general. But, as a matter of fact, it's a very long concept. What exactly is this Neir Ma'aravi that from it you, uh, they lit the other candles and how exactly it worked? There's actually an essay from the Rebbe, which is called Rishimas Hamenoira, where the Rebbe, at the request of his father-in-law, the previous Rebbe, wrote this essay, and his father-in-law asked him <coughs> that he should write it, <coughs> according to the Rambam, according to Halacha, according to Drush, according to Sod, according to Chsidus, and it's over 150 pages, it is amazing how the Rebbe takes all the opinions here on this Neir Ma'aravi, which one is it exactly? Is it the second one from, from Mizrach? Is it the one closest to Maidiv? Is it the one in the middle? Why do we call it Neir Ma'aravi, etc.? But that's another whole issue for itself. But what's the bottom line here? That what is the idea of the Menorah? The message of the Menorah? A light unto the world. Telling the world what? Where is God? In the Besamikdash. By the Yidin. That is the concept of the Menorah. And that's why you see in source number 11, Rashi says, what does it mean what we just said? That the Chaloinus are Shkufi Matumim, that the windows were small on the inside and wide on the outside, says Rashi. They were smaller on the inside. The small part, the part which is the uh, the frame of the window, which was smaller, is on the inside. And the wider part of the window, it is towards the outside to send that light out to the world. Says the Rebbe, if that is the message of the Menorah, in the Menorah itself, we have that message. Where do we have that? We have that in the cups. What is the reason why Hashem said to make cups? When we look in the Mepharshim, we find so many interesting remosim and hints. Why seven branches? Why 22 cups? Why a certain amount of buttons? And why cups? Why buttons? Why um, flowers? Etc. 
So we're just going to take now the cups. Look at your source number 12, the Rabbeinu Bachie. Rabbeinu Bachie also was between the 12th and the 1300s in Spain. Also wrote an unbelievable sefer on the Chumash. And he says as follows. First he explains that the reason why we have seven branches in the Menorah, they represent the Shiva Kech Veleches. They represent, according to, uh, to, according to Taita, the universe the the way it works is the, you know this, this I'm, I'm not going to go now through all the details here but there are two schools of thought this one is with that the universe is heliocentric helio in latin means the sun i think we discussed this very more than once that the sun is in the center and everything goes around the sun and the tighter way is geocentric that the planet earth is in the center and everything goes around and the Rambam explains it in his it's a very interesting fascinating subject but the bottom line is according to Torah we have the planet earth in the center we have seven seven main we're going to call them stars that, that move around which are really the planets and sun has, happens to be the fourth and so there are seven of these and then above there's the eighth that has all the other stars but the, the first seven are the main ones which have the seven so therefore says the Bachi that that is the reason why we have seven star, seven branches and therefore the middle one the fourth is the Chama, the sun and that's why that's the one that gives the most light etc etc but then he discusses the cups what does he say about the cups he says what is the cup it is something that contains and he quenches the thirst he gives to the one who wants to drink that's the whole concept of the cups in the Menorah this is just like the world of the Galgalim of these spheres what happens? they receive the, the powers from above and they in turn give it over to the oil of so just like a cup a cup takes in the liquid and then the person who wants to drink drinks it so then he it gets turned over says the Bachye that this is the purpose of the Givim because just like the Galgalim they receive and give so too this is what the cup does and then we have another very interesting one, in source number 13, the Recanati. Recanati was also a very, very big Italian Mekubal, and um, he also wrote a lot on the Taita. So he writes as follows, look at source number 13. First he says that the reason why we have 22 cups, that is connected the 22 letters of the alphabet, of the Aleph base that we have in the Taita, the Chav base Oseus Taita. And it, it's, when we read what they write, it's really amazing. But then he also continues approximately in the same venue as Rabbeinu Bachye. And he says, Why did the Rebbe to say to make the cups like a goblet, like a gavia? They receive from the upper sources. So they should in turn be able to give it over to those who are lower than them. And it's interesting how he says the reason why there are three cups, because it's just like the Hadassim, which are near the Lulav, and the button and the, uh, and the flower represent the Esrug. And it's, it's, it's a very interesting how he continues there. But the bottom line is that what do they say? That the purpose that Hashem said to put cups, because they represent those that receive and give. This is the concept of the Gavia. If that's the case, we're going to see something very, very interesting. What is a cup? 
What is a cup? There's a fundamental difference between a cup, a goblet, which is basically the same idea, a govia and a kos, and a barrel. A barrel is there to store the liquid as long as possible. So the main thing is, the liquid goes in, it stays there. After a long time, we're going to take it out. So the purpose of the barrel is to contain. The purpose of the cup is to drink. When we have a cup on the table, right now it's empty, because it doesn't serve any purpose. When a person sits down and wants to drink, oh, then we take, we pour in something from a bottle, from a barrel, from a bigger object, and then when the person takes it and he drinks it, when it's upside down, that is when the cup is fulfilling his mission. As we see in the Torah, look at source number 14. Source number 14 is a story in Parsha Miketz with Yosef and his brothers, the famous story of Yosef and his brothers. What happened over there? That when the brothers came and they had to go back home, and Yosef played the famous trick on them, what does it say? Let's look in source number 14. By Tzavis Asher al Yosef commanded the one who takes care of his house, his manager, he told them as follows, Male kasher Fill up their knapsacks of the brothers when they're going back to, to Yaakov. Fill them up with food. And my goblet, my cup, the silver one, you should put inside of the little one of Binyamin, and then you'll run after them, and you'll catch them, you'll turn them into thieves, as the famous story of Yosef and the brothers. When the guy ran after them, and he caught them, and they found the cup, what did he say? This is what my uh, master drinks from. In other words, the whole issue of this goblet is that he drinks from it. Not that he just looks at it and it is the purpose of drinking. When you drink it, what happens? It turned over. It's upside down. That's why the Rebish just said, and that's why the Rambam made the picture of the cups upside down, because the cups are the point in the Menorah that represent the whole concept of the Menorah. What is the Menorah? To send out light to the whole world. That's why the cups are upside down, to show the concept of giving, rather the concept of containing in itself. And it's very, very interesting. I remember once, <clears throat> one of the most interesting chassidim of our generation he passed away already uh, a while back but uh, he was alive like anything one of the biggest askonim uh, one of the biggest uh, um, uh, I don't even know how to describe him because he, he was everything possible that a person could humanly do and his name was Rabbi J.J. Hecht very good friend, although he was much older than me, he treated me like a friend, and he taught me a lot of things, and we were very, very close. He headed the NCFJE, and, and many other things, he was the Rebbe's translator. And one time I remember he came to the Fabrengen, and the Rebbe spotted him, and there were, there were many times that the Rebbe would spot somebody by the Fabrengen, and point and say, you know, with his hand, you know, that you should say Lachaim. So he took a little cup, and JJ said Lachaim. Then the Rebbe looked at him, he laughed, smiled, and the Rebbe's famous emotion took his two hands, one on top, one on bottom, and a nice big space between the two hands, which means, no, I want you to take a big cup. So, of course, he got a big cup, filled it up with wine, and he started drinking the chaim, and of course, he didn't finish the whole cup till the end. The Rebbe was looking, looking, 
Then the Rebbe said this words, these words. The Rebbe said, bottoms up. This was the expression. Bottoms up. We have to constantly give. And it was unbelievably apropos. And as a matter of fact, in the year Tavshim Memvav, in 1986, and uh, Simchas Torah, actually it was 1985, because it's in the end of the year, of the, it's the beginning of the Jewish year of Tavshav Shemimvah, but then it was 1985, in the middle of the Fabrengen of Simchas Torah. At one point the Rebbe started discussing the concept of cups, and the concept of giving, and then they started a song, and in the middle of the song the Rebbe took his cup, finished it, and then he turned it over, and he held it upside down, like this, and he was making with his hand, like he usually used to do by Fabrengen, and he told everybody to do the same thing with their cups, and the Rebbe explained the concept of giving, because when you hold the cup like this, it's not doing its function. When it's turned over all the way upside down, that is when the cup is giving. And there's a very interesting explanation here from the Rebbe, I'll put it to Kabbalah, what is this whole concept of the cup, and why is there a gavia here? We don't have enough time to discuss it, but over there in this Sikha, in Likuta Sikhas, in, in, in the footnote number 24, the Rebbe explains it that the cup represents the concept of Malchus. Malchus is the last one of the attributes of all the divine attributes of the Eberster. The last one, the tenth one, is Malchus. And Malchus has two functions to accept, to receive from all the above and then to give it over to the world. That is the concept of Malchus. That is why Al-Pikabola, Malchus is considered a cuss. So at least now we understand beautifully the first subject, and that is why are the cups upside down? Because the cups actually represent what the Menorah represents. Give it out to the world. I once heard from a very, very smart Chassid. He said, we see that there's one Mifza, one campaign, that the Rebbe said that we have to do on the outside, in the spread the world with it. All the mitzvahs, yeah, we stop people in the street to do a mitzvah, but we do it inside, we can do it outside. There's one thing that the Rebbe asked that should be done outside, publicly, in every single square of the world. What is that? The mitzvah of Hanukkah. Why? Why Hanukkah? Now we understand it. Because the whole idea of Hanukkah is, the whole idea of the Menorah is, to show the world, where is the Eibishter? The Eibishter is that is where it is and we have to be proud of that because now we are hitting the time of as we said before that the whole world will be filled with the knowledge of the Ebishter and the Ebishter is the ruler of the whole world so now we understand the first subject of why we have the cups upside down now let's go very briefly on the branches why, are the, why did the Ramba make the branches different than everybody else Everybody has them round, and the Rambam made them straight. We're not going to be discussing why he made it that way, but one thing is sure, that he made it that way, so that is the way it should be. Let's go to source number, uh, first of all, in the beginning, on, uh, right before source number one, as you can see, on the right side you have a picture of the Menorah of the Rambam, and on the left side you have a picture of the way it is now in Shar Titus, in the Arch of Tito. And it's very obvious that the one from the Rambam has straight branches, and the one in Shar Titus has them round. So, let's go to source number 16. The Pirush of Rabbeinu Avram ben Rambam the son of the Rambam, writes in his explanation to the Torah, Veshisha Kanim, and six branches, 
says the Rebbe Avram ben Arambam, Hakanim, these branches, they are like branches, they go from the center of the Meneira, they extend from the center of the Meneira, to the top of the Meneira, straight, as my father made it, drew them in his picture, not round, like the other ones made the picture. So the son of the Ramba makes it very clear that not only is there a picture how the Ramba did it, that the Ramba made the branches straight. The Ramba is not the only one that says it. Look at source number 17. Rashi. What does Rashi say here on our Pasuk here in Pasha Truma? That the branches go out from the center of the Menorah to its side, says, Ramba, says Rashi, lekanu lekan, on both sides they go up, be'alachsoin, diagonally, nimshochim ve'oilim, they extend and go up, at keneged goifah shal menorah shukonehoim tzoi, till the height of the menorah, which is, when we say the word menorah over here, we're referring to the, to the middle stem. So we see that both Rashi and the Rambam both say that the branches were straight. When we look in the Rambam, what does the Rambam say? Look in your source number 18. Two branches go out on the side. Each one on each side. And they all go up till the top of the menorah. This is the first two. Then the Ramah says again. Another two go out from the center. One on this side, one on that side. And they extend and go up until the top of the menorah. And then there's another two that go out from the sides. And they go up until the top. Now, let's see how the Mefarshim looked at these words from the Rambam. Look at your source number 19. There's a Sefer Maiseh Choshev from the famous Balmishnas Chassidim, also another proud Italian. His name was Reb Immanuel Chaideriki. He was from Livorno and Venezia, different places. And then he went to Israel to learn Kabbalah, and then he came back. He had a very, very, very hard life because, unfortunately, in one of his trips, they, the, the pirates captured them and then they sold them as slaves and then the Jews, uh, they uh, were able to take them back. It was a whole thing. And then finally, on his next trip, when he was collecting money to, for, for Yisrael, for certain things, that he got killed. He was killed at Kiddush Hashem. And he actually is buried near the, uh, near the city of Bologna, in a, in a small city called Cento. And as a matter of fact, the Lubavitch Shluchim go to his, it was just revealed not too long ago exactly where he was, etc. And the Lubavitch Shluchim of the area go on his yard site to his tombstone of the Mishnah Chassidim. It was a very big mekubal. So, what does he say on, on uh, source number 19? Two sticks, they go, two branches, they go, sticks, they go out from the side. Echot heilech vechot heilech, just like the Ramam says, venim shochin, and they extend, be'igul, in a circle, ve'oilin keneged gover shalmanayda. He adds the words, in a circle, that they go up to the top. Now, the Mishnah Siddim, on the side, he has a pirush, he has an explanation. Be'igul, he says, that went round, says the Mishnah Siddim, Te'vazul and Iskra This word Be'igul is not there in the Rambam and the sources of the Rambam. 
Umidivre Rashi, and also from the words of Rashi, the cause of the Rashi writes, as we learned before in source number 17, what does Rashi write? Yoitzim Balachs, and then they go out in a, a diagonal. Nire, it seems, the Loihoyu Beigon. Even according to Rashi, it seems like that they weren't round. Says the Mishnah Sidim, Avalaramba Bechiburoi, but the Rambam in his Sefer, which we quoted in number 18, he does not say the word diagonal, he just says the extent. If the Rambam would have wanted to say that they extend straight, the Rambam would have used the word Balachs and diagonal. Since the Rambam just says that they extend, so could be that it means also round. And he continues, because of there's another great sage who was Rabbi Riketi, also a proud Italian, that he wrote a sefer Chochmas Samishkan about the Besamikdash, and he also writes, says the Mishnah Chassidim, that near that it seems Shahayu Oilim Hakanim Kimat Beigol, that they went a little round, and it's so it seems. We said before that why are the seven branches? Because they represent the seven galgalim, the seven spheres, right? A sphere is round. So that they represent the seven uh, spheres, so therefore they were round. So says the Rebbe that after asking Mechila from the Mishnah Sksidim, etc., Number one, to say that they were round because the seven spheres were round. But then, only six of those branches are round. The seventh one, the one who's in the center, is going to be straight. See, if you tell me that it's a number seven that represents it, it's one thing. But if you tell me that the shape represents it, the middle one for sure doesn't represent that. So obviously, it's a little bit hard to say that the seven branches represent the eagle and that is why they are uh, round. And the second thing is, the uh, Mishnah Siddim says clearly, it seems that this is what it is, because the Rambam doesn't use the word diagonal. Which means that had the Mishnah Siddim seen the manuscript of the Rambam, of the Pirush Mishnayis, where the Rambam actually made a picture, and when the son of Rabbi Avram and Rambam testifies that this is 100% correct, there is no question that the Mishnah Siddim would have definitely um, agreed with the picture of the Rambam and would have said that they are straight. So, not only that, there is a very interesting point here. When we look the contrast here, according to the Rambam, it was straight. Where do we find that they were round? By Titus. Who Titus is the opposite of Judaism. He's the one that destroyed the Besamikdash. Let's see what Rabbi Kapach says about the Menorah of Titus. Whether there's a possibility, maybe they were round. Look at number 21. What does Rabbi Kapach say? One thing which is uh, a common denominator between all the uh, manuscripts of the Rambam, that the six branches come out from the middle one, and they come out straight until the top of the Menorah. They have absolutely no bow. There's no turn in them. 
And it gives one example. The Gemara says clearly that the Menorah had three feet. And this is what the Rambam also writes here in Peter Shamishnayis and in the big Rambam in Yad HaChazaka. He says that there were three feet. And in the picture from Shartitus, Yeshevis Albas is Rachav. There's a big uh, foundation, there's no feet. And many other things in the Menorah of Titus, which is a total forgery. There is not the place where to discuss that. So therefore, there's no question that there's a contrast here. We have a Rambam, we have Rashi, which make it very clear that the branches are straight. We have a Titus, that he made it round, and it's clear that that is not the real Menorah, because there are a lot of mistakes in it. So comes the Rebbe and says even more. Titus wasn't just a, a guy who's a sculptor or a painter. Titus was the one that destroyed the Besamekdash. And he made this arch. In the arch, there are two words. Yudea kafta. Besides for the whole picture over there of the Jews carrying the Menorah, the words Yudea kafta, which means the Jew has been captured. And they used to force the Jews to walk under it. To degrade them. This is what Titus represents. So now we have a choice to make a, a Menoida the way that Amba Merashi say it, or the way Titus does it. It should be the utmost outcry. And let's look how the Rebbe puts it. Look at number 22. This is from the Kutis of Kutis Ichos of Yom Pasha, page 170. Says the Rebbe, Kum tuis. As metzayr zayn diknea Menoida v'chatsi keshes. That when you make a Menoida which is round, the way they are depicted on the Arch of Tito, he has to evoke an outcry. Besides, for the most important point, that this is opposite of what the Rambam and Rashi write. Because it seems like they were giving sort of an agreement to the Mtsir of the Shartitus for the picture on Shartitus. When someone makes it round, that's what it looks like. Why did he make it? To It was made to pain the Jews, to degrade them. To Mura instead of what is the Menorah supposed to remind the Jew? What is a Jew? What is the concept of the Menorah? That it's a light unto the nations. As we said before in source in the earlier sources, right in the beginning, that that The whole concept of the Menera is to show that the Shechina, that God is by the Jews. So how do some do the Menera? How was der We're going to make the Menera that shows how Rome are the ones who are the winners. Says the Rebbe, Chas v'sholem. So as long as we didn't know, we didn't know. But now that we have it very clear, that the Rambam and Rashi say that it has to be with straight, so there is no question that that is the correct thing to do.
therefore finishes off the Rebbe, source number 23, in note number 44, and according to this, Makram Leimar, it is proper to say, that also the Chanukiyas, which are made for Chanukah, their branches should be straight. If you have a menorah which is a plate with little cups, fine. But if it has branches, it should not be round, it should be straight. Because this is how the Rambam and Rashi, this is how they explain it. Therefore, just to make a completion, that when we do it when it's round, then it represents Titus. When we make it straight, we represent Rashi and the Rambam. So, of course, it's not even a choice. There's no question about that. Any questions? Excellent question. So why is it that until now, nobody knew about this for generations and generations? That's not such a big question, because everything has its time, as we mentioned before, that now we're in the time of the Olumashim Bartzion Lishpetasaresaf. Now is the time when we are going to judge Esav. What does it mean, judge Esav? To clarify. There are many things that throughout history, unfortunately, were not done correctly. And slowly but surely, we are finding out the correct version. Before Mashiach comes, we have to know what the Menorah looks like. Because we are going to be seeing the Besamikdash very soon. And could you imagine, if all of a sudden a Menorah is going to come out like this from the Besamikdash, and we were always used to the concept that the Menorah is round. So therefore... It says that this barrier of Islam not bottom, everything is going to be cleared up before Mashiach comes. And that is why you can see in these pictures over here on the um, uh, curriculum at the end, and hopefully we'll be able to do some technical things here, maybe even have some footage of this beautiful event that we had, where you can see, first of all, how we were dancing there with a regular Menorah against the Menorah of Titus, but then we made a Menorah, and you can see it in the pictures, which is in the shape of the European Union, which is a circle with the stars, and we made straight branches coming out of it, and then the photographer took a picture how you can see this Menorah, and the Menorah of Titus in the middle. So, showing how the Menorah, which is straight, actually captures the Menorah of Titus, and transforms it to the correct one, because now we're in the time of transformation, because we are coming to the end of Golis, the beginning of the Gila. And therefore, since we have learnt another beautiful halacha of the Beis HaMikdash, we are certain that the Rebbe is going to give us the Beis HaMikdash HaShlishi, take it from Yad Mamish, and we're going to see the Menaira, how it's going to be lit in the Beis HaMikdash, and we're, finally the whole world is going to see that the Eira comes from the Beis HaMikdash to the whole world, and V'hoysel HaShem Amlucha, Take care of Miyad Mamish. Have a happy Hanukkah. Eine von den Sachen, was ist das Semmel, was ist das Symbol von Golut, ist die Menere, was ist da? Weil das ist die Menere, was der Rebbe ist maßwürdig, und das ist das Heilige Kopf alle. Die Menere da ist, was Titus hat die Welt beweisen, der Engel von Korben, besser mit euch. Aber die richtige Menere, das ist nicht die richtige Menere, er hat gemeint, dass er dazu genommen hat, die Menere von Besamikdash, aber wie der Rebbe ist nachsicht, das ist nicht die richtige Menere, das ist eine von den Menere, das sie gewähnt in Jerusalem, und die richtige Menere, 
Der Tata wird jetzt beweisen, wie das die ist, Baalachsen, und ihr habt das Eiche da auf die Lettel. Also die, die Menere ist nicht Baalachsen, die Igel, nur die Menere ist Baalachsen. Kinderlach, Kinderlach. Die emische Menere hat das Seif. Und die Menere, was mir hängt, das ist ein Gomot. Sie hat Schäcker gemacht. Das ist nur, weil sie als Mann von Kurben und mit verdreht allem in den Kopf und mit gehargt Millionen Nieden kommen, nehmen ein Schäcker und sagen, das ist die Meneere. Das ist die Emmese Meneere. Die Emmese Meneere kommen in die Kommunierung. Es hat aber genommen hunderte Jahren und mit gehargt Millionen Eden. Und ist es stehen wir da. Und wir halten die Meneere, die Emesse, wie ist es, die Meneere? Weil das sind die Wattesee, die Meneere, der Rebbe gebannt schlicht. Und ist der Steimer offen und keine Zeppet uns nicht, was der Soffen Golds achring. Wow, wow. Wie kommen Sie pronto? This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.